Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show, as always, about stock market investing. Um, this is our week in review. We do this every Saturday. Thanks for joining me, those of you who are repeat um, viewers. Let me explain what we're going to do today. Right? We're going to break this day down into specific segments. I'm going to hit different topics. We're going to talk about the stock market and the direction that we see it going in next week. I'm going to show you some of the stocks that are at the top of our whiteboard that we may be buying next week. Then we're going to get to the precious metal space. We're going to go over what happened last week and, again, what we see happening next week and perhaps some positions we may be taking. We'll get to the cannabis couch today, okay? Some big things happened last week. We're going to talk about grow generation, of course. And then what we'll do is open it up to questions. So, any questions you have, fill up that chat board while I'm talking, and then I'll go back over and go over all those questions at the end um, of today's session. So the ARMOR report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. Okay? This is a show about quantum mental investing. We take the combination of quantitative execution, where we use algorithms to tell us when to put capital into the market, when to take capital out of the market, what stocks to buy while we're doing that, okay? And we combine it with a fundamental foundation. It's what I call the whiteboard. We do research, fill up our whiteboard of ideas we want to own, use the algorithms to tell us when to execute. And we marry those two pieces with the all-important risk management piece, which is about protecting capital, protecting profits, managing risk. Those are the three stages of the armor investing way. Build your whiteboard, use algorithms to determine when to buy or sell something, and use risk management rules to protect your assets. Okay, now I'm going to share information with you that I use every day on my own trading desk. I share it with my armor insiders, subscribers who are part of the process and are part of the armor Slack trading desk all day where we're sharing ideas. I don't know you guys, so I can't tell you what stocks to buy. So I'm going to share stocks today. I'm going to tell you what stocks are at the top of our whiteboard that we may be buying next week. It doesn't mean you should do it because I don't know you. So what you want to do is take these ideas and these thoughts as a starting point for you to do your own research and determine whether or not these names are right for your portfolio. Okay. If you want a deeper dive, if you want to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, if you want to be part of the community, of Armor Insiders throughout the trading session on our Slack trading desk, then you can always subscribe right down here to the Armor Report. It's armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com, okay? Um, if you enjoyed this conversation, give me a thumbs up. That always helps me. I appreciate it. So without further ado, let's get to the discussions for today. I always like to start with a review of the top seven indexes because that drives our risk decision. So we have algorithms here that are proprietary that we've written to help us know when to commit capital. We start with the big picture and we look at the indexes. We have seven indexes we've written algorithms for. 
the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the small cap are the top four. And then the subgroups are the momentum, the value, and the IBD 50. Those seven cover the whole market for us. Okay? And we look for confluence across the seven. So let's see where we are right now. Okay? You're looking at a chart of the S&P, SPY. These algorithms are written for the ETFs. In fact, we manage an armor portfolio that's 100% ETFs. All we do is buy and sell these seven indexes using the algorithms. Right now, that armor index-only portfolio is 100% long. We own all seven indexes. We've been in that position since the risk monitor went green back here on the 29th of June. Okay, so we have a risk monitor. Again, we share this with Armor Insiders. You can get this information on the website, armorreport.com, and we update during the week if there's changes to the risk monitor. So right now, the risk monitor is yellow and has been since the 7th of July. So we get a green risk monitor signal on the 29th of June. That gives us five days to commit all of our capital. And now what we're doing is we're managing the success of that investment process, which of course is working. As you see the market grinding higher. And I spent time last week explaining to you guys what grinding higher means. And we're certainly seeing that right now. Now I have an Andrews fork drawn on this uptrend. And we're crawling up the bottom part of that fork. But what I wanna show you now is the weekly chart to give you an idea of where we really are in the cycle. <clears throat> That's a weekly, <clears throat> excuse me, picture of the S&P. And here's what I submit to you. We are simply trading, and this is the big question that I have this week for what's going to happen next week and beyond. Are we simply trading in the old Andrews Fork trend that goes back quite a ways all the way back to 2016, okay? We saw this sell-off in 2018 because the Fed had the crazy idea of monetary, um, um, monetary sanity and decided to reduce liquidity, okay? Uh, and then we started another uptrend. So we're still in this trend. And so the real question we have to ask ourselves next week and beyond, are we going to follow the new trend which I've, I've written for you here in, in um, bright green, or are we still in the old trend, which means we're getting long in the tooth of this rally and we may have to get defensive? That's the big question, okay? That's the big question. I'm gonna jump to the conclusion right now and then we'll go over it in a second. For the first time in a long time, armor, Portfolios. Now, we have three portfolios that Armor Insiders can access to see how we run money. The Armor Index only, the Armor Aggressive Portfolio, which mirrors my own personal portfolio, and the Armor Conservative Portfolio. So for the first time in a while, the Armor Conservative Portfolios and even the Aggressive Portfolio is carrying some cash. We've built up a bit of a cash position. So the big question is, do we, do we commit that cash next week 
or do we begin holding a cash allocation? So let's go look at the indexes to give us an idea. Will the S&P break out the top side of this Andrews fork and start trading in the different, continue to walk up this new, this new phase, which, by the way, you could argue that's going to happen because what we've got now is more Fed liquidity than in any time in history. So the old Andrews fork is built off of a certain amount of Fed largesse. But what we're doing now is we've gone into a whole new stratosphere of insanity when it comes to Fed largesse. And so does that take us into a new uptrend? Let's look at the leadership. Wow. Holy smokes. That's the NASDAQ 100. <clears throat> Holy smokes. So are the leaders leading and will they drag the whole market higher? The answer to that question is obviously yes. The leaders are leading. Let's go look at it again. The NASDAQ 100 is leading the market higher. The momentum index. is leading the market higher. Take a look. The momentum index, right? Already at new highs. Okay? So leadership is leading. Let's look at a couple stocks. Apple blowing out, right? Blowing out. Tesla skyrocketing. These are weekly charts, guys. Adobe, breaking out with a nice pattern. Okay, how about Google? Google, breaking out of a nice pattern. That was a recent Armour edition, as you can see right here on the chart. At 115, uh, at um, 1509.56. Okay, so we've got leadership leading. And so does that drag the S&P to all-time new highs is the question. Now, the lagging sectors, small cap, right? And even to a certain extent, the Dow. The Dow is way behind. But, but it has regained the bottom part of that uh, um, 2018 Andrews fork. So will it begin to move? Okay. So to conclude this part of the discussion, let me say this. Um, here, here are my thoughts. Let's just look at the S&P one more time. And then, and then we're going to go over a couple of stocks that I think that are right at the top of our whiteboard. We may add next week. I'm going to go over that in a second. All right. But just to wrap up this thought here. Okay. Um, will the market go higher? Like, I don't want to predict. Let me, let me first say that the Armour Report is not about predicting the future. So I'm just giving you, I'm throwing my proverbial hat in the ring and telling you what I think is going to happen. If stops get hit, we're going to go to cash next week. It won't matter what I think. The market doesn't care what I think. But we do come up with scenarios and expectations. And if we see that playing out, we, we jump on it. If it plays out the other way, we read and react. But looking at the market now, we see leaders leading. We see Fed liquidity 
at all-time highs. I don't care what, quote, the pundits tell you as they read the Fed Minute tea leaves. Those ridiculous comments, those sell-offs on Fed tea leaf reading is bought, and it's being bought rapidly. Earnings of the biggest and the best names have been blowing out. Let's take a look at some names that don't look like Apple and don't look like um, uh, Tesla, but are old school type of names. How about shares of Target last week? Again, this is an armor edition. We added this on the 31st of July. The stock skyrocketed last week on blowout earnings. Take a look at Home Depot. Stock going straight up. We actually own the stock right here in armor portfolios. Straight up on blowout earnings. How about Best Buy? We don't own this stock. I wish we did. The stock's skyrocketing. How about the home builders? Home builders look like a biotech stock that just got approval from the FDA. Okay? So um, let me wrap up with this thought, guys. The trend is our friend until it isn't. We don't guess when the trend's going to be over. The road is littered with people calling the top, and they get run over by the stampede of a bull market. So we're not going to fall into that category. Do we carry a little cash right here? Sure. We booked some profits last week. We're going to carry a little cash. We'll see what happens next week. And here are the stocks that are at the top of our whiteboard that we may add next week, market permitted. Okay? Top of the whiteboard. Chegg, those of you who know us know that we like this stock. We've owned this stock in the past. We've made a lot of money on Chegg. We bought Chegg down here to Armour Portfolios. We doubled up on it right here. Okay? And we booked profits as it came down below its... Uh, um, 14-day moving average. It set up a base at the 25-day moving average and did a $750 million convertible debt deal, which my guess is that's why the stock sold off for three days. Whenever a company does a secondary and dilutes shareholders to a certain extent, it takes some time to digest that announcement. I think it's incredibly impressive that the stock is not at the 50-day. I would have expected that deal to drive the stock down to the 50. Again, these are ideas for the whiteboard. We have to watch how they behave. If you're an Armour insider, of course, during the week, if we get the right algorithmic entry point, we'll be buying the stock, and I'll let all Armour insiders know. Okay? For those of you not insiders, you're going to have to make your own decisions here. You know, put it up on your own whiteboard. Do some of your own homework. Armour insiders already have this on the whiteboard for months. Um, we have on the whiteboard, Microsoft, okay? Microsoft is just building a really nice base. And when you look at the triple Qs skyrocketing, and this is the key, guys, we want to focus on leadership, okay? Now is not the time to go buying value and buying lagging stocks because you think there's going to be a rotation, I got that question a lot the last couple of weeks. There's like a day or two. Really, it's, guys, 
you know, just because the leadership goes down for a couple days doesn't mean a rotation has started. Now, I know they love to tell you that on CNBC, right? Because, you know, they have to come up with things to talk about. So they get that round table of fast money and they start telling you all these different things so they can look smart. And I get it. I mean, I get it. It's entertainment. Okay, but don't let it get you off the bus. Two down days of selling in some of the big cap tech stocks doesn't mean there's a rotation into banks. If we were in a normal economic cycle, I could understand the argument that it's time to broaden out into small cap and value because typically in a normal economic cycle, the, the, the leadership, the growth stocks go up first in an economic cycle. Then the economy starts to pick up. And so smaller cap value names start to take over at the end. Okay. But we're not in that cycle. We're in a new pandemic paradigm. It's a, I hate this word, but a bifurcation. Everyone loves that word. Okay. But it's a complete split, which is what bifurcation means in the stock market. There's the haves and the have nots. There is not going to be an economic cycle that all of a sudden puts money into the have-nots. Not at the moment. We're in a paradigmatic shift in the economy based on a pandemic. So the big guys get bigger and the smaller guys are getting outplayed. That's why names like Target and Lowe's and Home Depot and Best Buy are killing it. And smaller cap names are struggling. Okay. If I actually saw leadership break down and value take off for a, a couple days or a week, I would not want to own value. I'd rather book my profits that are enormous since the bottom, right? We've made a fortune since late March. I'd rather book my profits if the leadership breaks down and raise cash than participate in the junk that levitates at the end of a bull market. So the whiteboard is full of leadership. Microsoft could be a name that comes out of that base. I'm not buying Amazon, but look, it's the same type of a base, right? Amazon's breaking out of a high tight pennant. Microsoft looks the same. Adobe looks the same. These are names that could be on the whiteboard. You could choose any of these names. The charts are all the same. I just happen to be a Microsoft fan, and so I might be in there at Microsoft next week. Okay, how about Netflix? We already have this in the portfolio. The stock hasn't gone anywhere yet. Okay? The stock was running up into earnings, had blowout earnings, and then, you know, the, the guidance was to bring down expectations. I get it. That makes sense. All that does is set up a double bottom at the 50-day so that the reward to risk entry point is ideal, right? The risk is the 50-day moving average. That's the stop. The reward's a breakout that takes it to new highs while the rest of the triple Qs skyrocket, okay? So those are a couple of ideas for you to take, uh, take a look at. Um, of course, there's more on our whiteboard. And for Armor Insiders, I'll share with you other other names. I mean, I'll give you guys one more name that you could take a look at. I think Akamai looks really good, right? Another NASDAQ 100 name, leadership, right on the 50. So a lot of the times, guys, when I say what looks really good, 
What that means to me is we have a, we're very close to an algorithmic entry point. So we're going to see if we get that next week on these individual stocks. Um, and the reward to risk ratio is right. That's what the armor investing way is all about. Where the stop is reasonable and the upside could be significant, that's when we put money to work. Okay, now let's skip over to um, precious metals. Let's look at some charts. I don't want to go too long today. Okay, um, let's look at gold first. What I want to do is, is share with you a monthly chart because I think that really tells the whole story. There's a lot of fear and trepidation, it seems, every day or if there's a week where gold goes down, everyone's afraid it's all, it's all over, the, the move is done. Okay, this is the structure of the chart of gold. We hit an all-time high here, right? And it took a break. So far this month, it's taken a break. It's taken a break in the top quarter of the prior month's explosion. Totally reasonable. You know, if you're using basic technical analysis, anything above the 50% retracement of the prior month would be acceptable. We want to see this month close in the top half of the range of the prior month, and we're in a solid uptrend. Nothing to see here, guys. Just typical action. Here's the weekly chart. Okay, you could say that we're at the top of the Andrews Fork, and we're having a consolidation. Totally normal. No uh, damage done this week to gold. Now, let's take a look. Okay, at gold stocks, here's GDX, way behind gold, way behind. Okay, a lot of upside left in the stock. You ask me, why is that? How come it's so behind? It's just because what we're getting right now is a short squeeze in metals, and there's more focus on the bullion at the moment, and the street is waiting to see where bullion prices will consolidate. If it does consolidate at a higher level, you'll start to get earnings explosions out of these mining companies. You'll get raised guidance. You'll get brokerage reports coming out with raised price targets, and these stocks will go higher. Nothing happened last week. Totally normal. Normal pullback and a normal uptrend. And there's where we are in, in the chart of GDX, okay? What we're looking for really is a high tight pennant up here, which would be great. And then a blow out the top side going to the next level. Let's look at SLV just to round it out. Okay, SLV to me looks like it's making a pennant. High tight pennant. When you get a blowout like this, what you often get as a chart pattern is a high tight pennant. If it breaks down the bottom side of the pennant, you gotta get out of Dodge, it's gonna be ugly. If it breaks out the top side, you're about to get another accelerated move higher. All right. There's the weekly chart of silver. It ha it's not even, look, remember where gold is. It's up, this, silver should be in the 50s already. It's not yet. There's a lot left in this asset, a lot of room left. Now, that's my opinion. The Armour Investing Way. Armour stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. If these assets take out stops, we go to cash. It doesn't matter what I think or what the charts look like. Okay? So, what does that mean for us? I'm not going to look at all the stocks. I'm going to just look at GDX, and I'm going to tell you what we would do um, with this position. Okay? 
as long as GDX trades above the low of August 11th, there's really nothing to see here but consolidation in an uptrend above the 50-day moving average. If the price takes out the low of August 11th, we will have to reassess our position, which means we'll be raising cash, reducing exposure, and booking what has been an unbelievable ride, making a lot of money. Okay, we'll be booking that profit. If we stay above that low, all this is is a consolidation and we expect higher prices. Okay. A um, couple of thoughts for you. OPEX. So we come into the end of every month. And those of you who know me, I express this every month. There's usually pressure on precious metals at the end of each month during the roll. Okay, this is not a roll month for gold. So let's start talking about OPEX structure. First of all, the sweet spot for gold, which we call GC, right? Gold contract, looks like around 2,000. So right now it's trading below 2,000, number one. So what do we think is going to happen next week? We look for pressure in these metals when they're trading above the sweet spot. So if gold was... 2050 or 2100 and the sweet spot's 2000, I'd say watch out next week. There's going to be pressure brings it down to, to, to 2000. Okay. Number one, we're below the sweet spot right now. And number two, it's not a roll month. So there's not a whole lot of reason for there to be, um, for there to be selling in gold for artificial reasons. Okay. Which is just OPEX type a um, action. Gold might go down next week, but, not really because of OPEX and the structure. Silver, it looks like the OPEX sweet spot is 27, um, 27, 24, somewhere around there. All right, and we're trading below it right now. So there's, there's not a lot. I think this is a roll month for silver. So there could be some pressure there up and through Wednesday. Wednesday is COMEX OPEX, okay? Typically, you'll see Wednesday happen, and then we get the end of the month for the Bank of International Settlement, BIS OPEX, is the last day of the month. That would be Monday, the following Monday, not this one, but the following Monday, the 31st. That's a bank holiday in Europe, which means Friday of the next week, the week coming up, Friday will be the real um, OPEX settlement day for gold. Okay. So could there be weakness in the first couple days of next week? It's possible, but not as destructive as in other months based on the sweet spot of how OPEX is structured. And we can expect, I think, higher prices into the end of the week once we get past the Wednesday OPEX for silver. So those are my thoughts there. Um, let's round out with grow generation and then we'll get to your questions. So let's take a look at grow gen. Okay. So first of all, let me start by saying uh, that was a wonderful ride. You can see we originally bought GrowGen at $3.51 on April 8th. We doubled up on the position on the 14th of July. And we exited the whole position last week, an average price somewhere around 17 and three quarters. And our average price on the way in was somewhere around $5 and change. So we made roughly 300% on our money 
in a couple of months. Right? So let's just enjoy that for a minute. Now, you were, you were part of this show last week, and I was extolling the virtues of Grogen. So you're asking me now, how is it possible I go from loving Grogen to selling 100% of it in a week? Here's the reason. First of all, and I'm going to show you the chart again so you can understand this. First of all, and of course, Armor Insiders, bear with me. You know we were doing this all week. You're in the Armor Slack trading room, and I'm sharing with you as it's happening what we're doing. So let me just catch up the rest of YouTube, uh, the rest of the, the Armor YouTube audience with this. Okay? So what you're looking at here, first of all, We have a rule on the Armour Trading Desk. It's an Armour Investing Rule of the Road. When we get five standard deviations above the 200-day moving average, we book some profits. Let's see what this input is. Yeah, five. Great. Okay. So on the 18th, now what's interesting is, on the 17th, we blew through this, this teal line right here is five standard deviations. You guys see that? Okay. We blew through that on the 17th. I didn't sell a share. So, okay, let's let it keep running. On the 18th, it exploded higher. And I say, guys, got to book a little bit of profit here because now we're about seven standard deviations above the 200-day moving average. So we booked some profit above $18 a share. Because statistically speaking, when you're that far above the 200-day moving average, you're, you know, even if it goes a little higher, it usually comes back down. So that was step one, protecting profit, capturing upside, not being greedy. You know the old term, guys, on Wall Street, bulls and bears make money and pigs get slaughtered, okay? Up 300%, seven standard deviations above a 200-day, you book some profits. Now here's reason number two. If you own a stock and it skyrockets 300%, and then, only then, does Jim Cramer bring the CEO on and interview the guy? Come on, that's like a top tick you got to book some profits there. Okay? That's another reason why I book a little profits there. That's an armor axiom. If Kramer interviews the CEO after the stock is up 300% from where you bought it, you sell some into the strength. This is how professional money managers manage money, and I'm trying to share that with you. You buy weakness, you sell into strength. It doesn't get more obvious than this chart pattern of what we're trying to do here, guys. We bought the weakness. The market crashed and it took Grogen from six to three and a half. We bought the weakness. Then Jim Cramer talks about the idea and brings the CEO on and we book some. We sell some into strength. Okay, now let's get to the ugly part of the week. That's why we booked some of our gains. Why did we sell all of the position out?
I do every morning for Armor Insiders, we do, I do, a video to get ourselves started. 8.30 every morning. You come into the Armor Slack trading desk. You can watch that video as an Armor Insider. And I shared with you that day that the Achilles heel of this company is the management team. Now, some of you might have watched that video because I released it to the YouTube, my Armor YouTube subscribers, right? Because I care about you guys. And I wanted you to know what we were doing on the trading desk during the week. Even though we update this once a week, I wanted you to see what was happening. And if you watch that video, so I basically released our morning meeting video for you guys. And I said, the management team, I'm not sure that this management team can take this company to the next level. I was being polite. Okay. And I shared with you my experience in this regard. When I first got into the business, my, literally my first year in the business, I sat down face to face with the management team of Yahoo. The stock was 30. I met Jerry Yang and somebody told me, I really appreciate it. I can't remember his name again, but you told me what his name was. Jerry Yang and his partner sat face-to-face, had a conversation, came out of that meeting. And I said to my dad, who I was working with at the time, and I still do work with, I said, Dad, that's the greatest story I've ever heard. And of course, I've only been in business for a year, okay? The stock went from 30 to 40, down to 15, before it went to 400. The reason it dropped from 40 to 15 and, and Jerry Yang and his partner were smart enough to know this. They weren't the, the, they weren't the CEOs to take the company to the next level. They needed to bring in seasoned veterans and who they brought in um, was Eric Schmidt. Now you probably know him from uh, Google because he went on to run Google. But he was a known turnaround artist before Yahoo. They brought him into Yahoo. The stock went from 15 to 400. And I said to you, it's the same story here with GrowGen. Great idea, explosive growth. I don't know if the current management team has the ability to take this to the next level. And so that's another reason to sell this stock up 300%. We sold it all because on Friday, by now you guys know this, a noted short-selling research analyst put out an extensive report about the shortcomings of the management team. I mean, laid into them. I mean, wrote some really horrific things. And, you know, I don't know if it's true or not true, but when I read the whole report, there's a lot of evidence in there, a lot of evidence. And it corroborated some of my own feelings about my contact, our contact with management. It's why I told you guys on the 18th that the management is kind of the Achilles heel of the business. In our investigative research of GrowGen, we were never comfortable with the management. And so when that story came out, I don't usually care about short-selling research reports. They're usually, you know, they're usually not true and they're used to, you know, game the system. But sometimes they are very true. And in this case, 
the report is egregious and it goes with a feeling we already had that management maybe isn't right for this business model. So we shoot first and ask questions later. We book the rest of our profit and we step aside. Do I love the business idea? Absolutely. Would I buy the stock back if they announce a new chief executive officer who I respect? I think I probably would. Do I buy the stock back right now? Absolutely not. Okay? So what I do now is watch the stock. I'm sure the management will come out with a response to that short selling letter. We watch it build a base. We see how the business progresses. We see if they bring in some top-level management to run it. If they're smart, they'll do that. And we can always get back on the bus at that time. But for now, the fun's over. It was great. Thanks for the memories. And we look for a new idea. All right, guys, let's get to your Q&A. I imagine you – now, I'm going to get to your Q&A, and I'll get to the cannabis couch. I'm sure someone's going to ask me. Deb, how are you? Good morning, Tech Monkey. Erez, nice to see you. Glad you can make it. Francine, how you doing? All right. Um, okay. Jay's asking the question. Grogen after B-U-R-G article. Okay, well, I think I've answered that question. Grogen story, okay? Matador, good morning, Brett. How is the index-only portfolio performed versus aggressive since... Okay, Um I'm not going to go over the numbers specifically for you, but the, 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 I'm not going to give you specific numbers right now in this conversation. You can always, if you're an Armour Insider, call me and we can go over details. But for the sake of this conversation, the equity portfolios that invest in individual stocks are obviously outperforming the indexes, right? The indexes are up since that 29th date, but the aggressive and conservative portfolios owned GrowGen. I mean, which skyrocketed, right? Not to mention other names. So when you're in a bull market, I I guess I would put it this way. I don't really compare the performance of an index-only portfolio to a stock-specific portfolio. The index-only is for very conservative people who don't want the risk of individual stocks. That portfolio will always go up less in an uptrend if our whiteboard is any good, right? If our whiteboard of researched investment ideas is good in a bull market, they're gonna dramatically outperform the index. But if you don't want the hassle of trying to pick stocks, you want to reduce your risk, well, then the best thing to do is just own the indexes using the algorithms. Capture upside when you can, go back to cash when the algorithms tell you to. And over time, net worth grows at whatever rate the market is willing to give us. That's the key to that question. Okay? Some years, you can make a lot of money. Other years, the market goes nowhere and the index-only portfolio flatlines. Meanwhile, if our whiteboard's good, even if the market's flatlining, if we can find a grow gen here or there, right? If we can own target at the right time and it jumps 20%, then an index-only portfolio is going to underperform, right? But then the flip side is when the market craters, the index-only portfolio on February 24th of this year 
went to 100% cash the first day of the market crash. The other portfolios ended up going to cash the first week of the market crash because we were getting stopped out of positions over the next couple of days. So the losses were bigger in the you know, uh, individual equity portfolios and a lot smaller in the index. So anyway, that hopefully answers your question. Hexo, Jeremy, Hexo going to $1.50 on drink lineup announcement. Uh, I don't have any interest in Hexo. You know, and quite frankly, right now, so let's get to the cannabis couch. I was waiting for somebody to ask it. Jeremy, you're the winner. Um, I was walking the beach last night, clearing my head after the week. And one of the biggest things on my mind right now is how to hedge the election. And I'm going to do some videos about this as we get closer, because we've got to figure out how to set up our portfolio to weather whatever storm hits, depending on how the election goes. Without a doubt, the single best way to hedge a, a, a portfolio for a Democratic sweep is to own U.S. cannabis investments and probably even Canadian cannabis investments. Can, cannabis, period. Right. If we get a Democratic president and a Democratic Congress. I would assume that the stock market will get wrecked on that, okay? But cannabis stocks will skyrocket on that. And this is not a political discussion, so don't get upset with me because I say democratic policies are terrible for the country. I mean, they just are. They just are for the economy of the country. You might love them for other reasons, and I respect you for that, okay? You want to save the world. You want to do things to... Um, protect the environment, and these are the reasons why you vote. This is not a political conversation, okay? I don't hold that against you, so please don't hold against me the fact that democratic policies are terrible for the economy. That's just a fact. Just go back and look over decades, okay? You get collapsed GDP growth with those types of policies, right? I mean, even Obama said it. We're never going to get above GDP growth of 1%. That's a thing of the past. That's true, he said that, but he didn't really mean it. What he meant was, if we follow these types of policies, we can't grow GDP, right? But if you follow other policies that create economic growth and economic prosperity, right, then you can get better GDP growth and markets respond. And so this is why markets have gone up during a time of Trump. They've also gone up because the Fed's added massive amounts of liquidity. So don't get me wrong. The markets are up this year because of Fed adding massive amounts of liquidity. It's got nothing to do with Trump. <laughs> it's got to do with a pandemic and massive amounts of liquidity. But I digress. So my point is, how do I hedge a portfolio going into that election? And I wanted to own Grogen because I thought that's a great way. If there's, if, and, and I don't, look, if it ends up being Democrats across the board, whatever, we just have to figure out a way to make money in that environment. And cannabis is the answer. Hexo is not a name for my list. If I were to do it, when it comes, if you believe Hexo, if you think that beverage growth is coming, then to me, you've got to first invest in canopy growth. And if we can't make money in the, in the gorilla in the space with the dramatic amount of cash and a great balance sheet, then we can't make money anywhere. So I know you like Hexo with $1.50, but for my money, I'd rather buy canopy growth. 
You know, I'd rather buy canopy growth leaps, call options that go out two years. That I have almost no premium. It's unbelievable. Okay, but as of right now, Armor portfolios do not carry any cannabis. We booked our profit in GrowGen. We got stopped out in Canopy Growth last week. So I'm out for right now, and I'm looking for answers. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think it's possible that I'm going to have to entertain the idea of buying some U.S. MSOs now. If I can't own GrowGen, then I think I've got to own some U.S. MSOs going into the election. And the question is, where do I do it? I'm looking for weakness in the midst of the strength. So let's just take a quick look. I know this is sacrilegious because I've told you guys I won't, I won't, from a fiduciary standpoint, recommend somebody buy a stock. Ah, somebody buy a stock. trying to just hack is that Cresco symbol. Um, I'm looking at Cresco. I'm looking at, here it is. Okay. So we're talking about buying weakness in the midst of strength. So strength is the downtrends broken in all of these US MSOs. So hopefully weakness brings them back down over the next month or so to an area that I'm willing to pay for them leading up to the election. Cure relief. Same thing, right? So these things ran up into blowout numbers. Now they're selling off. See, here's the reason why I don't like the names. Because when they run, when they run up on blowout numbers, it just gives the companies a chance to raise more cash. This is the problem with buying U.S. MSOs. They work under an onerous tax burden. They can't raise cash because banks won't work with them. If they raise debt, they pay a usurious interest rate. So the easiest thing for them to do is when their stock prices go up, equity goes up, they issue more equity. And so the stocks come back down. So what I'm hoping happens between now and the election is that they issue some equity, the stocks come down, we buy that weakness, and we put a certain percentage of our portfolio there as a hedge for the rest of the portfolio. Okay? So um, I don't know where I'm going to do this and I'm going to have to leave it up to each and every one of you because I will not recommend buying something that trades on the Canadian stock exchange. So even for the money that I manage, I'm going to be on the phone talking to each individual client and asking them, do you want to own something that trades on the Canadian stock exchange? Okay. Because there's a lot of risk involved in that, but it may be really the only way to really hedge the election, the best way to hedge the election. Okay. Um, Cure relief. I'm looking at, um, of course, green thumb. Here are my favorites, green thumb, cure relief, Cresco. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to buy, I don't know if I'm going to buy cure. Um, uh, um, TCNNF. I'm not sure I'm going to do it. I might own the other ones, but anyway, those are my thoughts on the cannabis couch. And if I can't make money here in CGC, you know, which it broke down below our stop last week, then I just can't, I just can't see myself buying any other stock in the space right now. So that's why Hexo is out. If Canopy Growth is doing that, I, I just can't buy Hexo. Yeah. 
mean, I just have no interest in that chart pattern. All right, next question. Southeastern 99. Brett, no questions today. Just a big thank you. Oh, for the profit and free. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy you made money on that, my friend. So happy, Southeastern, you made money on GrowGen. Well done. All right, Mark. Hi, Brett. What do you think of Cody or AMD on pullbacks? Okay, so let's take a look at some chart patterns. Um, I know you can't see it, so I'm going to pull it up first and then. All right, here we go. I'll look at the O'Neill charts. Whoops. All right. Um, Controlling interest in manufacturer of bike suspension products, furniture sales, and I don't see any reason to own CODI. That's just not a business I have an interest in with a relative strength of 26. So I'm going to move on from that. But I don't know anything else about the company. So TWLO. I love Twillo. I've missed it all the way up. It makes me sick. But I don't see an entry point on that chart pattern. Okay. And AMD. This is even worse. It makes me even sicker because I owned it in here and got stopped out, didn't buy it back, and the stock skyrocketed. So, you know, uh, you can't get them all. This is a nice high-tight pennant. If you love this name, certainly a high-tight pennant is always attractive. Um, but, again, I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength, and I don't see any weakness here. This is just massive strength. But I will say this. If you listen to my comments earlier on this show, I want to buy uh, a leadership right now. I want to focus on the leadership. So obviously AMD's leadership. So that's my thought there. Kurt, how are you, Kurt? Thanks for joining us as an Armor Insider this week. How do you play Disney? Now it, now it is down 3% with an exclamation point. <laughs> it's down 3%. Okay. Um, let's take a look at Disney. Oops. So there's the chart of Disney. The gap up off of a blowout earnings number, to me, changes the whole story. In fact, I want to look at this on the other pattern, on the other chart, charting software I use. All right. So this is the weekly chart at Disney. This is what I'm looking at. I think that was a game-changing earnings announcement last quarter. Okay. Got this perfect breakout right here of a huge base in Disney that happened last April because Disney talked about starting Disney Plus. The stock ran away if you didn't own this beautiful breakout. Then we had a pandemic that wrecked the stock you know, to ridiculous levels. This last earnings announcement, so this is all pandemic related. Without a pandemic, I think Disney's trading at 100 already, or I mean 180 already. I think it's up here somewhere. Okay. We had a pandemic. Everybody is backward looking. They're backward looking now on Disney. They're still thinking of this company as a company that has a bunch of theme parks and theme parks can't open in the midst of a pandemic. All that bad news, in my opinion, is already in the stock. Okay. What you have now is a perfect pennant breakout, something like that. After the last earnings announcement, a pennant breakout. This is a weekly chart now, so let's dig into the daily. Okay? You have a pennant breakout. 
that takes it above the 50-day, the 200-day, the 25-day moving averages. It's totally normal for the asset to consolidate after a move like that. You could argue I bought it a little bit too early. I was a little too excited, okay? Because sometimes these things gap and go. So I bought it in this structure right here, and it sold off to the moving average. Notice how it's still above the 25-day. It's sitting on the 14-day moving average. There's no damage that's been done here. The stop on this stock is the low of the gap up day, okay? As long as it stays above the low of the gap up day, Kurt, I hold the stock. Truth be told, I added to my personal investment last week, right at the end of the week. I bought a little bit more. Because if the market breaks out, if the Dow breaks out, like it looks like it's just trying to do, it's going to drag Disney with it. In fact, Disney probably leaves it. So to me, this is all about reward to risk. If this is the right entry, I could end up owning the stock for a long period of time. If I get stopped out and it goes below the low of the fifth, so be it. Not a big loss to me. I'm not sure about the exclamation point on 3%. You know, if your position size is too big, then 3% is a problem. But if your position size is good, then it's a totally normal percentage, right? And our stop loss rules are never based on percentages. So Kurt, we could talk more about this next week. Feel free to give me a call. We can go over the armor investing way and the process of stop losses, right? We don't use fixed percentages. Every stock has its own stop loss. Either the low of the, the day we bought, the low of the move we're buying, or the low of the structure we're buying. In this case, this is the low of the move we're buying. The move started on the 5th of August. As long as it stays above that low, we stay with the stock. All right, Chris F. You should, you should look to silver and gold. They have gone up recently. I'm not sure what that question is there, Chris, but they certainly have, and we've been all over it. We own silver and gold since the end of March. All right, Quail Hollow. Any thoughts on IIPR? Been holding since 54. Well done, Quail Hollow. I've overthought that position. No, I admit it. I've overthought it. We made some money early in the year, and I got off the train. And I, I mean, I really should have been back on this bus right in here on May 22nd, and I had another shot at it right in here on, on uh, July 28th, and I skipped it both times because I overthought the position. And here's, here's my problem. I love this idea, but I'm not sure it's a hedge for me. First of all, I just saw last week that a new private equity company raised a bunch of capital to do a REIT just like Innovative Properties. So now IIPR is about to get competition. And they haven't had any competition in the space up until now to speak of, no real competition. Now they've got real competition. Private equity is putting a lot of money into a REIT to do exactly what IIPR does. So fundamentally, you're going from a business that had no competition to a business with competition. Theoretically, doesn't mean the stock is going down next week. But theoretically, over time, the fat ROI they've been getting will start coming down. They've been getting 13% ROI because no competition. 
Does it come down to 10%? Does it come down to 9, 11? I don't know. But any contraction in that would be considered a negative. Not tomorrow or next week, but at some point you have to think about that. Number two, if we ever get a Safe Banking Act passed in Congress, right? So let's say Democrats get elected across the board in November. I I don't know. Maybe the stock goes up in a knee-jerk reaction to that news. That's not really a positive for this company, because if you pass a safe banking act and then cannabis companies could go to banks and borrow at a normal rate, which is incredibly low right now in this interest rate environment, they won't have to, number one, do land deals like they're doing now. And number two, when they do the land deal, it'll bring down the ROI. So admittedly, I am way, way ahead on that fundamental concern and I've missed an opportunity to collect dividends and make money in the stock. And I'm really disappointed with myself, but that's why I'm not in it right now. So it's food for thought. ID doc. Hey, how are you, my friend? How long do you think tech stocks can keep going higher? Are we stretched right now? I, I don't know. As I said, at the beginning of this, of this video, um, the leadership is leading. That's not a bad thing. You know, there's always so much concern when things break out that it's over. The trend is our friend. Breakouts are great. It's driving the market. I I mean, I guess the bottom line is I don't make predictions on this show, and I don't make predictions when I run money. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't worry about stocks that are breaking out. That's usually a good thing. If the market rolls over and hits stops, I'll raise cash and we'll have the answer to your question. It was a blow off and now we're out. But that's the armor investing way. We use trailed stops. We capture as much upside as we can when things are blowing out. And when the move is over, we go to cash. And so we don't have to worry about what we think is going to happen. If it continues, the trend is our friend. The Fed keeps adding liquidity. We'll keep putting money to work. When it ends, we'll know it. It's not going to be hard to see. The market will roll over and we'll hit stops like this. Traditionally, over you know, the decades I've been running money, and particularly the last decade as I've been running algorithms and running money, your stops all get hit in one week when the market trend is over. It's not a slow bleed. It's like a quick boom and everything's gone and you have a couple of really bad days in your portfolio and then you go to cash and the market implodes and you look for your next entry point. And it's okay you had a couple bad days because you made so much money on the last run. And you wouldn't have made all that money if you top called the whole way. If you kept thinking, maybe this is the reason the market's going to top. Maybe that's the reason the market's going to top. I mean, everybody told me the market was topping in early June when the market went down 7% in one day because of a reaction to the Fed minutes or the Fed comments. And yet two days later, I was doubling everything in my portfolio and everything for Armour Insiders, right? And on the 29th, we were putting all of our money to work. So there's always top callers. And they just litter the side of the road in a bull market. So I don't get into the game of trying to call the top. Follow our stops, raise our stops. If you get 
uncomfortable. You can use tighter stops. You can carry some cash, right? So I'm bullish, but we're carrying cash in our portfolios right now. We have a cash allocation. We haven't had that in a while. But if things play out the way I think next week, if, if it continues, we're probably going to put that cash to work. Matt, thanks for your insights videos. You're welcome, my friend. It's hard to be an insider because of 12% of my total 401k for years of membership. Well, oh, okay. You know, I don't, you don't have to be an insider, my friend. When you have the opportunity, if you can get to it, great. I'd love to have you. Um, all I can say to that, you know, quite frankly, if you've got investable capital and you're putting capital to work, you probably would have paid for your subscription many times over by now. I totally get it. And I'm happy to work with you guys on YouTube. I mean, that's why I do this every single Saturday. You don't have to be a subscriber. Okay. Thanks for being here. I appreciate every single one of you. I love doing these videos and it keeps me honest and it helps me manage money. It helps me follow my own rules. So hopefully it's a symbiotic relationship. All right. Rob M. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, my friend. Thoughts on STOR? Let's take a look. All right. I'm going to put the chart up in a minute. I'm just taking a quick look. All right. To, to me, this is an example Store capital, REIT, single-family tenant real estate, okay? To, to me, these chart patterns are lagging chart patterns with terrible relative strengths that I have no interest in buying. There's a ton of chart patterns that look like this. And this is what I'm trying to help, you know, um, uh, you could do whatever you want, of course. I don't want to stop you from taking a position. This stock might go up. I don't know. But... I believe in the market that we're in, we need to focus on leadership. What we don't want to do is start shifting out of the leaders and start buying a bunch of things that haven't gone up yet. That does work in certain economic cycles, but we're not in a normal economic cycle. We're in a pandemic economic cycle. Things are totally different. And we can't use you know, ideas they teach at university for the real world. And so I don't buy stocks like this. I mean, if this is like a couple months ago, everybody on this uh, message board, you guys were all asking me, should we buy energy stocks? I said, no. Right? They went up for a week or two and then they collapsed. It, it's just, if you want to swing trade, you can swing trade anything. But for my money, as I'm investing, I'm looking for leadership that's driving higher. That's where I want to go. New York Jets. Okay, Brett, can you look... At the sugar chart, I saw a chartist sugar versus gold, which indicated increased inflation, rise in sugar prices. Okay, I'm not going to pull up sugar right now, but I will. Um, let me see if I can pull up a different chart that I think is more important than sugar. And I sent this out to you guys. Anybody who's an armor, by the way, guys, don't forget, at thearmorreport.com, we have a free email subscription. It's Armor Action Alerts. It's free. If you haven't subscribed, please do it. I sent out the top five charts of the week yesterday to all subscribers to that free Armor Action Alert service. Okay? 
And on it was a chart of this. I'm going to show it to you in a second. I'm just going to pull it up. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up and share it with you on my screen. Can you guys see this? Oops. Oh, that's what I wanted. Hang on a sec, guys. Okay, this is a chart of lumber prices. Okay? Lumber is absolutely skyrocketing. Look at what lumber has done. Can you guys even see this on the chart? Get rid of all these extra things. Holy smokes. Look at what lumber has done since um, July 22nd. This is what lumber prices have done. They've skyrocketed from 500 to 800 and change, 830. That's lumber prices. Okay. So I don't know about sugar and its correlation to anything, but I know lumber prices equal inflation. Two by four prices have gone through the roof. Okay, now what I don't know, is this really inflation or is this a pandemic paradigmatic shift in business? Lumber mills are shut down. Can't make two by fours. Prices going through the roof. So traditionally, sugar, lumber, these types of things, when you see the prices skyrocket, it means inflation. It means gold should go higher. Um, in the world that we're in today, what we're seeing is skyrocketing prices because mills are shut down. There's a pandemic. Nobody can make product. Okay, so I don't know if it directly correlates to inflation. It looks like the screen is going real fuzzy, guys. Sorry about that. Can you see me? I hope you can still see me. All right. Um, thanks for the thoughts. Fantastic. Uh, Spotify says Quail Hollow. Oh, one of my favorites. Let's take a look at Spotify. Interestingly enough, we added this stock to the portfolio on the 17th. Okay. So looking at Spotify now, we bought Spotify down here at 157.30. We added to the position at 187.88. We sold the whole position 267.54. Okay. We've now bought the stock back at 259.83. It found support on the 50-day moving average, went back above the 25-day moving average we put the position on. Quite frankly, after that earnings announcement, I would have thought the stock would have gone down to the 200-day. So I am in, I am very impressed that the street doesn't care that the number wasn't as good as they thought it should be. Expenses are going up right now. Revenue hasn't caught up yet. That's why the number wasn't great and the stock sold off. 
But that support on the 50 looks pretty good. So we're in that stock now. Politics for dummies. Why has crypto been blowing up? Just saw the insane prices. Well, I think crypto and gold sometimes run together. And the collapse in the U.S. dollar has got to be the answer to the crypto question. <clears throat> this is the U.S. dollar. UUP is the symbol. That's a massive head and shoulders breakdown. Hopefully you're part of the armor uh, um, uh, action alert free email list. And so you would have gotten an email from me a couple of weeks ago on this breakdown. I think I sent it out somewhere in the, I think on the 24th of July, I sent you an email that showed this chart. So the breakdown in the U.S. dollar is adding fuel to the idea that we need new currencies. Jay. Corleone, how much fun, Jay? You had a lot of fun with that name over the years? All right. Oh, Jay, thank you very much for that comment. You're the best. I appreciate it. Got the insiders out at the right time. Thanks so much. I don't know what stock you're referring to, but I appreciate it. All right. Um, Jan. Morning, Brett. Your visions on Hexo. Okay, I gave you the Hexo thought there. I'd, I'd rather invest in other names other than Hexo at this point. All right, um, Phil, any thoughts on when you think small caps will start to gain momentum? Much appreciated. Oh, I appreciate it, Phil. Look forward to having you as a subscriber. Glad to know you're going to subscribe. We'll see you on the Armor Slack trading desk. Um, I don't know when small caps are going to take off, and so I'll just refer back to my previous comment. I'd rather focus on leadership and where the strength is right now and not try to guess when small caps are going to take off. And let me just say one other thing. The, the last time small caps started to take off, the market peaked a week or two later and sold off. So it's almost like when the small caps take over, I'd rather be liquidating and booking profits elsewhere and starting to build a cash position. That's kind of how I'm focused on small caps. Um, buy alcohol stuff. <laughs> Very funny, New York Jets. All right, Alexander, um, what about Gilead? Yeah. So a few, um, a few uh, weeks ago, there's Gilead's chart pattern all the way back down into 60. Look, we bought the stock right here as Armor Insiders, and we sold most of it above 80. Okay? So we're totally out of this position. When it broke below the 50-day moving average here, it, you know, what was that, 70 677, we exited the whole position. Um, IBB. Here's my stance on, um, again, we were long IBB in here for a bit of a run-up, and when it took out the 25-day moving average, we stepped aside, and we've been out of the stock since. We don't own pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, and we don't own biotechs right now because we believe um, we believe that um, it's the wrong time to own these names during a political year. Okay. These stocks are political footballs as both parties want to beat up drug prices. And so for now, I'd rather just stay away from these names and maybe come back into them after the election. And that's why we've avoided this space for the last few months. Politics for dummies. Thanks for that guys. If you like this, give me a thumbs up. It really helps me. Uh, you vote Trump to hedge the election. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, let's. All right. 
Thanks for the grow, Jen. Hey, I appreciate that, Andrew. I appreciate it. Glad you were able to uh, enjoy the grow, Jen move. Hey, what happened to that question there, uh, Jasmine? Where are you this morning? I was looking for you. All right, good morning. Please, uh, Splunk, what do you think? Uh, what are your picks for next week? So, David, what am I thinking about Splunk? Gosh, I love Splunk, and I want to buy it back, and I think the earnings are going to be great, but I've sold it for now. That breakdown right here took us out of the position that we bought back here. We bought the position right here. Oops. We bought the stock right here, and we ran it all the way up, and we just sold it on August 7th on the breakdown below the 25-day moving average. And I saw it go back above the 25-day Friday, and I'm sitting there staring at it thinking I should own it. I just, I don't love the chart patterns. That's the problem. That's what's keeping me out of it. Let's take a look at this pattern here. So there's the O'Neill pattern. I, I just, I don't, they have earnings in four days, and I just don't feel like buying that chart pattern in front of earnings. So for now, I'm out, and I hope I don't regret it. But I will say this. A lot of stocks have, um, a lot of these growth stocks have come out with earnings. If they've run up a lot into the number, they're selling off on the number. So I don't have a lot of reason to put a lot of risk on after a big run-up in Splunk in front of the number. I'm not seeing a lot of success in that investment theme right now. Okay? I could be wrong, though, so please forgive me if the thing skyrockets. All right, guys, any more questions? We'll wrap it up. Oh, great. Jasmine, lumber was answered. Game, big game from GrowGen. Fantastic. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Tom, hey, where are you? How you doing, Tom? I was wondering about you. CWH, your thoughts. Just got my computer. CWH. I'll wrap up with Tom Brady. So let's take a look at CWH. Gosh, I just don't like that chart there, brother. Right? Big sell-off right here. Another gap down last week even though the earnings announcement were phenomenal. Hey, that's a great example of what I'm looking for, I'm concerned about in Splunk. It's the same type of chart pattern, our huge run up into earnings. It looks like Camping World had a huge number and the stock's down anyway. So why do I need the risk of Splunk in front of the number? I'd rather just buy it after the number, depending on how it, how it trades and what chart pattern sets up. But that pattern doesn't work for me there. Okay, Chad? All right, guys, last chance for questions and then I'm gonna wrap it up. We've gone long today. I'll wait another minute. All right. I think we're done. Tech Monkey, Brett, what do you think about Bud for the long term? All right. Tech Monkey, you get the last question. Well, here's another example of a lagging chart pattern, right? So in the short term, I have no interest in this chart pattern. I'm just, I don't buy those chart patterns. They just... They're not working in this market. I don't, I'd rather focus my time elsewhere. Um, so I don't think I have real, a real opinion about Bud. I don't know about where we're going to go long term. Unless when you said Bud, you meant 
something else. <laughs> hey, Ethan, what's happening, my friend? Nice to see you. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off. You guys have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing all my Armor Insiders in the Slack trading desk next week. Anybody else who wants to join us, right down here, you can subscribe, armorreport.com. Otherwise, I'll see you all again on Saturday. Now, don't forget, if you've got specific questions that you'd like for me to answer that are educational purpose questions, investing education questions, I will do a video on Wednesday uh, after the market closes. So in the comment section, not here in the message board, but in the comment section of this video when it's over, if you have some thoughts, load up those comments and tell me, could you do a video about this? And I'll see, I'll read them all and determine which one, and perhaps I'll start doing some videos again on Wednesdays about investor education. Okay, guys, have a great weekend.